It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast, recorded live at the spacious lineupmedia.fm studios in Edwardsville, Illinois. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref, you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. It's the drop, and today we're going to be discussing the firing of Blues head coach Ken Hitchcock, what it means for the Blues, uh, what it means uh, for Mike Yeo to come in this part of the season. I'll give you my opinions on it, the timing, and we'll just take an in-depth look into it. The Blues announced this uh, Wednesday morning, the 1st, at around uh, 10 a.m. or so. They had a press conference with uh, Doug Armstrong and Mike Yeo. Armstrong was visibly shaking. In fact, uh, started uh, shedding some tears at the beginning of this press conference. I think a lot of Blues fans thought this might be coming sometime, but I think they thought it might have been a little bit earlier. But I think the Blues had to make some type of change because not only was Ken Hitchcock's job on the line and we see that he got fired, Doug Armstrong's job is on the line too. He's made all these moves along with Hitchcock and they've not worked out so far. Not only was Hitchcock let go, Blues goaltending coach Jim Corsi was also fired. The Blues assistant general manager and uh, former Vesna Trophy winner and Stanley Cup champion Martin Brodeur and Ty Conklin will now fill the role of the Blues uh, goalie coach for the remainder of the season. I don't think this is bad. I didn't quite understand why um, Martin Brodeur and, uh, you know, Ty Conklin be able to come in and fill that role earlier, at least part-time to help. Cause there was clearly some things that were missing. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to solve all of Jake Allen's problems, but, um, in the game against the jets last night, he showed up, he showed up big time. And I know a lot of you are going to say, well, he lost five to five to three. How could he show up? Well, one was an empty net goal. You take that away, that's four. One was a goal off of Pareko's stick, and if you check it, Jake Allen had the right position. The five hole was closed, and it barely got by him, but the difference was it hitting Pareko's stick. And I know that happens sometimes, and goalies make those saves, but you can't fault him on that one. So that makes it three three to three. Then a puck goes off. Alex Petrangelo's uh, skate and passed Jake Allen in a totally different direction than what he was setting it up to go to, which if you look at that video, Jake Allen was in the right position, was taking the right angle to the shot and would have saved it. So that's three to two. The Blues win. Even if they don't score that goal late, it's two to two. Tied going into overtime. So I don't blame Jake Allen last night for the loss. I thought he played very well. And if he plays that way in in most games, he's going to win those games. So let's hope he can continue to do so. Let's hope that uh, Martin Brodeur will be able to add something to help uh, him and also uh, Carter Hutton, who has struggled lately. And Conklin will also be able to do that. Uh, Mike Eo's first game, of course, will be uh, tonight. Sorry, tomorrow night against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at uh, Scott Trade Center, another home game. That game will be at 8 p.m. 
And that uh, late start time is due to the retirement ceremonies of uh, players number five. And that'll be a big deal tonight. Hopefully it'll take some people's minds off, uh, you know, the news of Ken Hitchcock getting fired. Whether you like Ken Hitchcock or not, he has been a good coach in this league for a long time. And uh, it's never easy when a coach like that gets fired. Uh, Hitchcock uh, was uh, 248, 124, and 41 in around six seasons with the Blues. His issues were his uh, playoff uh, prowess with the Blues. Until last year, he hadn't done very, very well at all. Uh, they had uh, 10 wins in the playoffs last year to get them to the Western Conference Final. So before uh, last year, he had only had 10 wins total. Uh, to end with the Blues, he was 20 and 27 in Stanley Cup playoff games, and that's not not going to uh, uh, end up helping. Uh, you know, you, you lose your job after that. A lot of guys would have lost it long before that. Hitchcock retires at the age of 65. He will go in uh, unless he coaches somewhere else, which it might be a possibility. Don't put that out because after Ken Hitchcock announced his retirement after this year, uh, before he was fired, of course, at the beginning of the year, when they brought in Mike Eo, he announced he was retiring. They signed him for one more year. He said that, um, you know, this was his final year with the Blues. However, Barry Melrose, I believe it was back in November or December, had stated, don't be shocked if he ends up coaching somewhere else next year or in a couple of years, whatever. I think we've not seen the last of Ken Hitchcock. I might be wrong, but uh, whether he comes in as a head coach or as a consultant for some team, this guy is not going to sit at home and fumble his fingers. I just can't see him doing that. He's not wired like that, and it's just not going to happen. His whole NHL career, if it were to end on February 1st, he has 781 wins, 473 losses, and 100 and uh, sorry, four, 781, 473, and 111 losses with 88 ties. He has coached, of course, Dallas. Uh, Philadelphia, the Blue Jackets, and of course the Blues. He's fourth all-time in victories. He's only one game behind Al Arbor. Uh, he has 781. Arbor has 782. Joe Quinville is number two at 831, former Blues head coach. And Scotty Bowman, of course, I don't think is ever going to be caught with 1,244 uh, wins. And of course, he's a former Blues head coach who took the Blues to the Stanley Cup in the first three seasons in the NHL, 67-68, 68-69, and 69-70. Uh, we know that uh, Hitchcock won the Stanley Cup in 99 and uh, made the finals in the year 2000. He is a very good coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach, regardless of how you feel about him. I don't think uh, anybody would have to disagree with that. Mike Eo's got some good shoes to fill. I think he may bring some stuff to the table. If you remember at the beginning of the year, I was not big on the Mike Eo signing. Um, his last 20 games with Minnesota and don't, I'm not perfect on this, but if I'm not mistaken, he only won three or four games out of his last 20 and the players kind of revolted against him. People have said Hitchcock is too hard on the players and he's just too negative and so on and so forth. Uh, Mike Eo is not Mr. Uh, nice guy either. And I'm not saying he's got to be. You know, you've got to get respect from your players. And how you get that respect from your players is up to you and your coaching style. If you're successful with something, you're going to stay with it. 
So uh, Mike Yo apparently, you know, has been successful in the past uh, with uh, being an assistant uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins and also in the organization for 10 years before he went to Minnesota. He had a couple of good years with Minnesota, made the second round once, um, made the playoffs three years in a row, lost to Chicago each time. And he really needs to prove something here with the Blues. With the Wild, he was 173, 132, and 44, including a very good season in the 2014-2015 season. It was 46, 28, and 8 for a total of 100 points, which is pretty good. It was the best uh, season in uh, Minnesota Wild history. I think they're going to pass it this year. He... um, Becomes the Blues' 25th head coach over 50 years. And hopefully, he'll be a coach that'll stay for a while. I don't know if that's going to happen. Before I give you the rest of my comments, why don't we go ahead and listen to the press conference in full? And uh, we'll be able to uh, get everybody's thoughts on exactly where the Blues might take this direction, uh, the firing of Ken Hitchcock, what Dar- what Doug Armstrong thinks, what Mike Eel thinks looking forward. And the question has to be asked to yourselves and to everyone else as a St. Louis fan and the St. Louis media and the NHL media and the Canadian media. Does Doug Armstrong deserve to keep his job? Does he not take some responsibility for this? Uh, A, in my mind, if they were going to do what they did with Mike Eel, they should have not kept Ken Hitchcock. They should have just moved Mike Eo in. But we'll get more into that after the press conference. Here is uh, Doug Armstrong, the Blues uh, general manager, and also the Blues new head coach, Mike Yeo. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, coming on such short notice. Obviously, it's a very difficult day for myself. Uh, made a... Hard decision. We we decided to change coaches. Uh, Mike will take over. I'm excited about that. It's a it's a great day for Mike. Uh, a rebirth now for for this group of players. So Jim Corsi uh, has been relieved of his duties too. Uh, you know what? It, it's a it's a rebirth. We're excited. Uh, I'm going to let Mike talk about uh, his vision, what what he has in store for us for the rest of this year and moving forward. Uh, then I will address you guys after that. So go ahead, Mike. Uh, thanks, Army. Um, First thing is that uh, I am definitely up here with some mixed emotions as well. Uh, and absolutely the first thing that I have to do is thank Hitch. Uh, he was nothing but amazing to me. Uh, uh, day in and day out. Um, you know, 
And, uh, and so I learned a great deal from him, and I'm very, very appreciative. And I feel extremely bad um, that I'm sitting up here today. Um, that said, uh, I know that I have a job to do, a very important job to do, um, and one that I don't take lightly. Uh, when I look at the, <clears throat> excuse me, when I look at, uh, you know, when I look at the people that have coached the St. Louis Blues and, and Hitch being one of them, uh, those are some awful big shoes to fill. And, uh, and I look forward to that challenge. Um, I look forward to working with this group. It's a group that I believe in. And, uh, and I know that there's lots of work to be done, but, uh, but um, you know, like I said, I'm excited to work with them. And uh, I'm ready for that process to begin. Guys, we'll take some, coach, uh, some questions for the coach. And then I'm going to let him go do his job, and then I will uh, answer whatever else you guys have. So, Coach, what, uh, what changes can you make? Well, <clears throat> we, coming in this morning, meeting with the coaches, that's the first thing we talk about. And um, I will say that, the, that you know, first and foremost, I'm, there's not going to be, um, come tomorrow night, some major uh, personnel shuffles. Uh, I think what's important is that we give the players a chance to, to go out there um, and show us what they can do. Like Army said, this is a bit of a rebirth in a sense, and and so uh, I, I think that we can determine a little bit more of that as far as chemistry and who's working together once we get our game going in the right direction. Our game, for, for whatever reason, is not um, you know where we need it to be right now, uh, and that's what we get to today. Uh, we have one practice before we play a game. We can't come in here and reinvent the wheel. Uh, but I do believe that there's some areas that we have to uh, really dial in on. Um, you know, in uh, in, a, in a large part, I think that's our execution, um, and, and with that comes the speed to our game. And uh, and from there, obviously, our checking game has been something that we've talked about greatly, and it's a it's an area that we have to get much stronger at from our net out. Well, I, I think what what we need to do is we we need to start playing together, and um, you know whether it's when we have the puck, whether it's we don't have the puck, uh, we have to start playing as a five man unit on the ice. Um, again, I think that starts in our own zone. Uh, it's how we defend. We we want to be a team that's structured, but we want to defend quickly. We want to defend aggressively, and and with that, uh, you know, I think what we'll see is is us. Having the team, uh, having the, having the ability to showcase our speed and, and our, our ability to get to the uh, offensive zone and on the attack a little bit quicker. Mike, uh, you just talked after a lot of games about effort from everybody. Do you feel like that's something that you have to address with the team? Well, I, you know, in a in a very sad way, I think this has just addressed it. You know, none of us are satisfied and can be satisfied with with where we're at right now, and so we all have to dig much, much deeper than what we have. And, um, you know, effort is going to be something that is talked about day in and day out. It's, I mean, working with Hitch, it's, he, he, you know, reassured so many of the strong beliefs I have of what it takes winning and effort is always the first and, and, and has to be at the top of the list. You know, how we define that, I mean, it's different for different players. And I think that's one thing that we have to understand. 
Um, you know, I know much has been made that we've lost a couple players, but that doesn't mean that we can't go out there with the mindset that we're going to compete harder than the other group. We might have to be doing it a little bit differently, um, but, uh, but absolutely, each and every player, we need them to go out with the mindset that we're going to outwork the guy across from us. Sorry. How do you address the goaltender situation and fix it moving forward with team defense? Yeah, well, what, what I'll say is, is Jake's our goalie right now, and Jake's our goalie of the future. And, and I've, I've coached against Jake, and I know the level that he can play at, and I've seen it this year. And um, so to get Jake back up to that level, we have to play a better game in front of him. We have to support him better. Uh, we have to take care of the puck better. Uh, we have to make sure that we're not giving up the odd man rushes and the, and the point blank scoring chances that we are. And when that happens, I think we'll see his game start to turn. Mike, what's it been like for you knowing when the team's kind of been sliding a little bit as of late, being on the bench, knowing this is a possibility? Of I actually didn't. I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to say I didn't think it was a possibility. Um, you know, again, I, I feel terrible that I'm up here, but the one thing that I can say is that. Every day that I was there, I had hitches back, and I wanted to win. And um, so uh, I, w I wanted to turn it around. And I wanted to turn it around as an assistant coach, and that didn't happen. And so now I, I have the task of doing it as a head coach. You thought you were going to have the year. Does this change anything for you? Are you ready for it at this point? Well, I, I mean, it's not like I haven't done it before. You know, and, and I, I learned a great deal. While I was doing it, I learned a great deal uh, about myself and, and why I got let go. And I lean, learned even more um, while working with a guy like Hitch. So I'm not concerned whether I'm ready for it. I, I know that it's a great task. I know that, um, you know, I, you know, usually you have the luxury of coming in and having a training camp and, and, uh, and having all that time and exhibition games to, to really define your game and even at that it still takes usually 15 games or so for for the team to really start doing it we don't have that um but it's not like we have to like i said we don't have to reinvent the wheel here hitch is a phenomenal coach um who had a blueprint that has worked for years um so with a few tweaks here and there uh without overloading the players i think that we can get back to our you know our level that we can that we can get to and mike you talk about learning uh Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think if you're not learning from some of the things that you did uh, not well enough, then then you're not learning very quickly. And so um, I'm a young coach. Uh, you know, I I know that uh, my best days are ahead of me, and, and, and I know that because I will every day come to the rink um, doing everything that I can to get better. Um, and, you know, so I'm I th very confident in my abilities right now. Uh, but that said, uh, you know, if I'm going to demand my players come to the rink and get better, then I have to make sure that I, I lead the charge there. I think, like I said, we have to be careful how much we, we have one practice, we play a game. Uh, the way that I will approach it is we will start with some teaching today. And when the game starts tomorrow, I, it would be uh, very foolish to believe that we could just go out there and, and implement, implement uh, a game that, that 
that the players can just go out and play without thinking. Uh, I, I think what's important is they play on their instincts tomorrow. They play with passion and um, and they play together. Um, but like I said, as far as some of the habits and the structure and the details that we want to bring in, every day that we come to the rink and we get ready to practice, every video that we show, um, we will be very straightforward with that and we will be very demanding with that. Uh, it was a very brief conversation after the game. Obviously, it was pretty emotional. Um, and, uh, you know, from me being in those shoes, I know that uh, space is important for him right now. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I reached out to it with, you know, as far as a text, but that won't be enough. Uh, again, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for the way he was for me and so grateful for the for how he opened up his, I mean, he, he's, I have so much respect for him. I had so much respect for him before I came here, and I have so much more now uh, for the coach he is, for the person he is. And so I feel very lucky that I had the chance to work with him. Like you talked uh, last week, I think, about uh, the relationships that you've developed with the players. How does that dynamic change going from the assistant coach today? Well, it, it'll change some. Um, but what I'll, what I'll say is, uh, when I was assistant coach, I, I was myself. I didn't try to be anything that I that I wasn't. When I'm the head coach, I'll be myself. I'm not going to try to be anything. Now the role is different, and my responsibilities are different, and maybe the amount of accountability that that needs to be held may be different. But uh, this is who I am, and this is how I'll approach the job every day. Mike, I know you said you didn't see any big personnel changes coming. Do you see lineup changes that might speak some of those things a little bit? In the, in the lineup changes, that's that's what I was getting at. Um, you know, more so right now, I think that we have to we have to focus on our game, and uh, and the pieces will fall where they need to fall. Um, again, I to to come in here and think that we're just going to um, have the magic formula where we can put certain players with certain players. We've tried a number of those combinations this year. Um, that doesn't mean that we won't ever stop trying to find uh, better combinations or better chemistry with the players. But right now, our focus is on our game. Let's do one more for Mike, and we'll let him go. Do you already have a line set up uh, with Tarasenko in mind? Yeah, for, well, for tomorrow's game, and, and typically what I will do is I, I just going forward, lineups, um, whether it's starting goalies, those things I will talk about in the morning skate. Um, but Vladi is such an important player for us that there will never be a day that I come to the rink without a, a good plan for him and, and what's needed for him. Okay, thank you guys. Mike will be available after practice. Doug, can you tell us how, uh, how you told Ken what that was like for you? Yeah, it was obviously difficult. I talked to him last night after the game. Uh, just, just thinking here, I, as a Canadian citizen, I gave you guys my best impression of Chuck Sumer, I think it is, or whatever, <laughs> with, with the emotional part of it, but it's really hard. I, Ken Ken's probably my best friend, and talk to him. So why why now? Why last night was the right time? You know, Ken and I talked uh, a lot during the Christmas break, and we I, I just felt that you, you know you you want to you want to extend every last breath and making it work and 
we just haven't played well enough. Uh, at the end of the day, we were winning games, and we looked like a really good team. But part part of what we've done now is is <laughs> it, I'm not sure if I'm going to make a lot of sense right now, but we we don't lose with pride, like. So it just, it just felt like we, we were uh, hit and miss night in night out, and I think the, we, we we need to demand more of ourselves, and our record is is not indicative of of what we thought. I, I thought it was going to be a rebuilding year, a, a, a retrenching year. I was excited about what we were going to go through. I was excited about. Uh, going through it with different a, a different mindset to to what we've been in the past uh we made a lot of hard decisions last summer and uh the decisions were made with with not the just this season in mind but the the future of the franchise in mind and uh but I was excited about that I was excited about moving forward with a group of players and I don't think that we've given uh, our, our, our best effort and ultimately Ken Ken is the he's paying the price for all our failures starting with mine I'm the manager I'm the quote unquote president of hockey operations it, it's my team what could you have done better um, the that you, you talk about pride in Two guys that, that led, you know, that, that effort better yeah. that, that took a lot of pride in back Yeah. Well no, that, that that's a great question and and what I what I tried to do over the summer was was look at this franchise in 2020, 2021, 2022, knowing that the players that we have to sign moving forward and, and I I made a decision uh, that I thought was best for this team long term and and <laughs> that, that that that's the business I'm in I, I I can't look at what would have been easiest for me but what well, you know Army, uh, what was best for the franchise sorry when you uh, when you talk about not losing pride how much of that is individual personalities of players and how much of that goes back to the, the dressing room leadership well I I, I think that it, it, it it's all encompassing. Uh, I think it starts with with the manager, me, as the manager. It filters down. I I, I think we we've we we've let we 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 let our group become independent contractors. You know, one of the things I've learned about being around St. Louis is uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> They don't have independent contractors. When they do, they get rid of them. We we have a situation now where we, we I, I trust these guys that believe in them, but I have a sense of independent contractors. And what, when you see independent contracting going on on the ice, whether you're a fan or not, it, it's easy to it's easy to see and. What we have to do is we have to become a team again. We have to take pride in, we have to take pride in doing things for each other, 
for the betterment of, of, of the team. I see when we win how guys react when they don't get what they want. I see when we lose how guys react when they get what they want. It's the drop, and today we're going to be discussing the firing of Blues head coach Ken Hitchcock, what it means for the Blues, uh, what it means uh, for Mike Yeo to come in this part of the season. I'll give you my opinions on it, the timing, and we'll just take an in-depth look into it. The Blues announced this uh, Wednesday morning, the 1st, at around uh, 10 a.m. or so. They had a press conference with uh, Doug Armstrong and Mike Yeo. Armstrong was visibly shaking. In fact, uh, started uh, shedding some tears at the beginning of this press conference. I think a lot of Blues fans thought this might be coming sometime, but I think they thought it might have been a little bit earlier. But I think the Blues had to make some type of change because not only was Ken Hitchcock's job on the line and we see that he got fired, Doug Armstrong's job is on the line too. He's made all these moves along with Hitchcock and they've not worked out so far. Not only was Hitchcock let go, Blues goaltending coach Jim Corsi was also fired. The Blues assistant general manager and uh, former Vesna Trophy winner and Stanley Cup champion Martin Brodeur and Ty Conklin will now fill the role of the Blues uh, goalie coach for the remainder of the season. I don't think this is bad. <clears throat> I didn't quite understand why um, Martin Brodeur and, uh, you know, Ty Conklin be able to come in and fill that role earlier, at least part-time to help. Cause there was clearly some things that were missing. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to solve all of Jake Allen's problems, but, um, in the game against the jets last uh, night, he showed up, he showed up big time. And I know a lot of you are going to say, well, he lost five to five, five to three. How could he show up? Well, one was an empty net goal. You take that away, that's four. One was a goal off of Pareko's stick, and if you check it, Jake Allen had the right position. The five hole was closed, and it barely got by him, but the difference was it hitting Pareko's stick. And I know that happens sometimes, and goalies make those saves, but you can't fault him on that one. So that makes it three to three. To three. Then a puck goes off Alex Petrangelo's uh skate and pass Jake Allen in a totally different direction than what he was setting it up to go to, which if you look at that video, Jake Allen was in the right position, was taking the right angle to the shot and would have saved it. So that's three to two. The blues win. Even if they don't score that goal late, it's two to two tied going into overtime. So I don't blame Jake Allen last night for the loss. I thought he played very well. And if he plays that way in, in most games, he's going to win those games. So let's hope he can continue to do so. Let's hope that uh, Martin Brodeur will be able to add something to help uh, him and also uh, Carter Hutton, who has struggled lately. And Conklin will also be able to do that. Uh, Mike Eo's first game, of course, will be uh, tonight. <clears throat> sorry, tomorrow night against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at uh, Scott Trade Center, another home game. That game will be at 8 p.m., and that uh, late start time is due to the retirement ceremonies of uh, players number five, and that'll be a big deal tonight. Hopefully, it'll take some people's minds off uh, you know, the news of Ken Hitchcock getting fired. Whether you like Ken Hitchcock or not, 
He has been a good coach in this league for a long time, and uh, it's never easy when a coach like that gets fired. Uh, Hitchcock uh, was uh, 248, 124, and 41 in around six seasons with the Blues. His issues were his uh, playoff uh, prowess with the Blues. Until last year, he hadn't done very, very well at all. Uh, they had uh, 10 wins in the playoffs last year to get them to the Western Conference Final. So before uh, last year, he had only had 10 wins total. Uh, to end with the Blues, he was 20 and 27 in Stanley Cup playoff games, and that's not, not going to uh, uh, end up helping. Uh, you know, you, you lose your job after that. A lot of guys would have lost it long before that. Hitchcock retires at the age of 65. He will go in, uh, in my mind, Ken Hitchcock screwed with the lines too many times during a game. Um. I know this may be a different NHL game than it used to be, but you have to play with a player for a little bit to get some cohesiveness. Just as when they signed Peter, uh, Peter Stasny. Oh, Stasny's going to be the center for Tarasenko. Uh, they played together for a little bit, and they've played a couple times since then, in the last couple years, but they've never given them some real time together. And I'm not quite sure what that is. Uh, I hope that Mike Eo takes this seriously because Tarasenko is the only upper echelon goal scorer they have, the only top 40, 50 player goal scorer that they have. That's just the way it is. Some players need to play a little bit better. Um, I think Alex Steen is one of them. You know, there was talk that he and Ken Hitchcock were having some issues. I don't know if that's true, but he just signed a huge contract making over six, I think six, six and a half million dollars a year. And he needs to show up. Well, a lot of you people are going to say, oh, he's got nine goals. Yeah, three or four of those are empty net goals. And he's got a lot of assists. I will say that he's assisting on some goals and he's playing well on that side. But he's not playing up to his contract. I hope he can. I hope he continues to uh, improve. Maybe this coaching change will do something for him. I think the defense has been terrible in front of these goaltenders. They make too many mistakes, including Kevin Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk has made several mistakes. Um, you know, the last time I checked a couple days ago, and this has changed, Shattenkirk was a minus 13, Petrangelo was a minus 11, and I believe Bo Meester was a minus 9, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken on a couple of those and be off a little bit. But you can't have your top two or three defensemen be that high on the minus side and expect to win. Bowmeister's made a bunch of mistakes. He's played good in some games, but in my mind, he's gotten a lot slower since the Blues signed him to that huge, stupid contract, which was signed by, who else? Doug Armstrong. So he's at $7.5 million a year for a couple more years. But Trangelo signed the contract. He's around seven and a half for several years. And then everybody wants to sign Shattenkirk. Oh, we, we can't, you know, we, we can't trade him. We cannot trade him. We need to take our chances on signing him in the off season. As I've stated before, he's going to want seven to $8 million a year. And he's going to, he's already asking his agent. I know this for a fact, want six to eight years and we prefer eight. Whether he'll get that, I don't know. A lot of players his age are not going to give up this opportunity to go in free agency. 
And personally, I don't think the Blues will be able to sign him. And do you want $23, 24000000 million tied up in three defensemen? That's just, that's too much. That's way too much money to be tied up in defensemen. It's, it's, it, you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, we, we must sign him. We can't lose him. We can't lose him. You know, he's a leader. He's this, he's a goal scorer. Well, honestly, if he's, if he's been playing so great this year, why is he so off on the minus side? Uh, you know, that's a question we have to ask. If we get rid of him and get a player and a draft pick, are the Blues really going to be that much worse off without Kevin Shattenkirk? I know he can make a difference in some games, but there's other games where he makes a lot of mistakes. He's not a big defenseman. He's a scoring defenseman. He's a young guy, yes, and they're hard to find. But at what cost? As I've said in other podcasts, you sign him to a $7, $8 million contract and you're paying Bo Meester and Petrangelo that money, unless they can get rid of Bo Meester, which I don't see anybody taking that contract. If they do, they're idiots. And the Blues aren't just going to let him go because they're going to owe him too much money to count against the cap. And those Blue fans that aren't thinking, and they're just, oh, we can't lose him. We've, you know, we've lost so many players in the last couple of years, and he's just too valuable. And it's going to make it difficult to sign Pareko in a couple of years when he's able to, to sign a new contract after his first one. If you have him and Bullmeister and Petrangelo with that much money. I don't think the Blues can afford to do it. They really can't because they just signed Steen. Petrangelo signed. Bowmeister's making a bunch of money. Uh, Jake Allen's contract kicks in next year, I believe, to 2017-2018 season, $4.5 million. He's still on his other contract this year. Uh, you've got some guys making pretty good money. I don't see them able to keep Kevin Shattenkirk and still be able to pay Colton Pareko when he needs to be paid. So I think Blues fans need to sit down and look and go, do you, I want Shattenkirk for six to eight years at seven to eight million? Or do I want Pareko a cheaper, a little cheaper for probably four to six years? They would probably sign him and get a draft pick and an up and coming player. One that just can't crack a lineup somewhere or a young player and you know, that's, that hasn't made a team and a draft pick or maybe an existing guy that just isn't fitting in with another team, but is a good NHL player. You've got to sit down and look at that. My opinion is bye-bye Kevin Shattenkirk. It's, 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 it isn't personal as, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as uh, Armstrong said, you know, this is a business. We're in the business to win. And you're also in a business that regardless of the fact you need to win, you need to make money to stay afloat. The Blues need to make money and can't just be signing Kevin Shattenkirk to a $7, $8 million, six to eight year contract and then have to sign Pareko a couple years later to a five to six, six and a half million dollar contract. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. So those fans that are thinking with their hearts and thinking we can keep all these guys, it, it's not going to happen. There's going to be changes. Uh, this team is going to change a lot over the next couple of years. You're still going to have your players, Petrangelo and, um, you know, Fabry's is, is signed for a little bit. You know, Jaden Schwartz has signed that contract. Uh, you know, these guys are going to be here for a little bit. 
unless the Blues put him in a trade. So you're still going to have some key Blues players here. But this team is, is going to change around a little bit. Don't be shocked. Uh, getting back to Doug Armstrong, should I think he should be here uh, past this season? Personally, no. I think there needs to be some changes, and they need to happen quickly after this season. One more thing that really disappointed me in Armstrong and this press conference. He fires a guy, says they weren't getting the results they wanted. You know, ultimately it's his job and so on and so forth. And, you know, Hitchcock can take some responsibility. And so, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he's going to talk to Ken over the next couple of weeks. And and basically, you know, he's talked to his, his coaches and Ken's got a lot of knowledge to give. Excuse me? You fire a guy and then you're talking about bringing him back possibly as a consultant or something along those other lines? You've got to be kidding me. If he's that great of a coach and has that great of a system, has that much knowledge to pass on, and he does such a great job, why would you fire him? It, it doesn't make sense to me, and that's, in one, that's another reason why I don't have any confidence in Doug Armstrong right now. I just don't. I think we've spent enough time on this. I know this has been a long show with the uh, press conference in full. I just uh, hope everybody doesn't expect Mike Yeo to be a world beater and have the Blues win, you know, 80, 90% of their last games. It's not going to happen. And please, folks, if he wins against the Leafs in his first game, don't anoint him. Don't, you know, if the Blues win this game, whether it's 7-1, to 3-2, to 2-1, two to one, don't sit there and go on what a great change Mike Yeo has made in this team. Give this man some time. You have to have time to see what a coach is going to do. He needs time to really look at things. And I know a lot of you are going to say, well, it's an assistant coach, and he should already know. You look at things differently from being an assistant to a head coach. You put your own system in as a head coach, and you make adjustments on that system. The only thing he could do as an assistant head coach is give his opinion to Hitchcock, and Hitchcock made those decisions. So don't expect this guy to save the world and make the Blues a Stanley Cup contender. Could he have them play better and put in a system that may, you know, give them a better chance to win with the talent they have? Yeah, that's possible. I hope he does. The Blues are in trouble. You know, right now, they are just not doing well. They're not playing well as a team. Will that change? We'll just have to wait and see. Thank you again for joining me for this special edition of the Drop Podcast. We've been going over the firing of Ken Hitchcock and uh, the moving forward with Mike Yeo as their head coach. And um, we'll just have to see how the Blues do. They got the game against Toronto. Let's wish them the best against Toronto. And over their next couple games, they'll have Pittsburgh in town, and they've got several other hard games. So uh, watch the Blues closely. Give them a chance. See what Mike Yeo can do. And hopefully we'll have some positive results. Until next time, when we do the drop podcast recap of the Blues Toronto game, I've been your host, Lance Descott. All we can say is one positive thing that everybody agrees with. Let's go Blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or download this episode and past episode on iTunes, ShoutEngine.com, and Stitcher.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. 
For more information about lineupmedia.fm or the Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com or at the official drop at gmail.com. Until next time, let's go blues! Blues!